Embrace a heritage worth having. This is Pastor Mike Kramer of New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get into his word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love that God has given. And you'll find power for living. Power for Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Power for Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book, Power Moments. Tap into the love that God has given and you find power for My friend, today I want to speak on the subject, the heritage worth having. It's based on Psalm 61 and verse 5. The scripture says, For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. In other words, those who worship God in respect and reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Psalm 61 was written by King David, and he was a man who had it all. And yet with all of the worldly wealth and everything at his fingertips, he said, you know, I'm the most grateful that I have a godly heritage. You know, he built his faith in foundation of the word of God. It developed his character. It carried him during the storms of his life. David had a lot of great victories, but he had some challenging times as well. He carried him as he faced adversity and tackled giants. I mean, the story of David and Goliath is a classic, how he took on the one that everybody was afraid of. It caused him to sing praises to the Lord and play on his harp, and he wrote many of the Psalms, which were really the Hebrew songbook there in the Old Testament. You know, we've been looking at some of the Psalms, Psalm 16, keeping the faith on the path of life, Psalm 23, strength for today gives us hope for tomorrow. We looked at Psalm 1, sort of that comparison and contrast of the godly and the ungodly. And again, godly just means those who love the Lord. And ungodly, I don't mean to uh, beat this drum too hardly, but the idea is just those who really don't give any thought about God. They just live life their own way. Well, today we're going to look at the heritage worth having. Psalm 61 says, Hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you've been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years, as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name, that I may daily perform my vows. Psalm 61 is a great, great psalm of comfort. It's been a lot to our own family, uh, as you know, January 5th, 2012, we lost our 28-year-old son, and uh, very, very painful, and and it still is uh, challenging from time to time, but at the same time, we've anchored our faith in the Lord, 
But Psalm 61 was just one of those psalms that brought us great comfort, great encouragement, great hope. And as we could pour out our hearts to God, it's also enabled us to share that with many other people that have lost a loved one along the journey. And it just sort of helps hurting people. But it's more than just that. Psalm 61 is also a psalm of protection and direction for life. So think of it this way. When you think of the heritage worth having, first of all, one of the thoughts that comes to my mind is the power of prayer. He says, hear my cry, O God. He's pouring out his heart to God. Listen to my prayer. He says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. My friend, have you ever felt overwhelmed? Hey, we live in a fast-paced society. A lot of people have a lot of things going on, and, you know, life is a whole lot different than when I was growing up, you know. Uh, life was sort of uh, easygoing, so to speak. I, you know, I think of the local Little League ballparks. All of our games were played during the week. We'd, we didn't even play games on Saturdays, quite frankly, down at the La Paz Little League Park. And the weekends were kept for family and faith. I mean, they would have never dreamed of having a, a game on Sunday. But, you know, all of those things have changed. And everybody's on the move. And, you know, there's travel ball. There's all kinds of things. Any activity can just be literally participated in year-round all the time. And so people are on the go. And they're fast-paced. And uh, double-income homes. And, you know, all of that. And it's just brought a lot of pressure and people feel sometimes, quite frankly, overwhelmed. Well, sometimes you just got to sort of call time out, step back, regroup, almost have like a, think of a huddle in football where they'll huddle, sort of get the game plan down and make sure the play is called and everybody understands it. Once in a while, you just got to call time out and sort of have a little family huddle. Get your values, get your priorities, sort them out, and then break out of that huddle ready to serve the Lord, but it begins with the power of prayer. That can be so important, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed. You know, we need the Lord. We all know that. John 15, 5, Jesus said, without the Lord, we can do nothing. And yet, Jesus also said in Matthew 19, 26, that with men, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. My friend, as you know, that is my life verse, Matthew 19, 26. I came across that years ago. I was about 18 years old and started reading the New Testament, I guess, with a purpose and a passion. I had trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. And one of the first things that happened in my life after I trusted Christ as Savior was I had a hunger for the Word of God. Quite frankly, a hunger that wasn't there prior. I wanted to live life my own way. I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to just sort of go about life in any direction that I wanted. But once I trusted Christ as Savior, my, oh, my, the Word of God came alive to me. You know, Jesus describes that in John chapter 3 as a new birth. It's a spiritual awakening. You know, everybody thinks that, you know, when you trust Christ as Savior, you know, you're going to give up this and give up that. And I'm not saying there aren't some things that have to go. But really, what happens most importantly is what happens internally. There's a new desire, a new passion for the things of the Lord. You know, I went from going to church because I had to to going to church because I wanted to. And the, the rest is history, you might say. But, 
I came across Matthew 19, 26. With men, these things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And he was an 18-year-old young man when I started reading the New Testament. That verse just, for whatever reason, jumped off the page. And I embraced it. I tried to really just incorporate it into my life, my thought process, and it's changed my life. With God, all things are possible. I believe in that so much that we have that in the cornerstone of our church here at New Life. It's on every piece of stationery that I send out. The bottom of the stationery says, With God, all things are possible. When I first came to the little church that later became New Life, we sort of relaunched it in 92, but in 1985, just that handful of people. And one of the things I noticed was they sort of had a defeated mentality. And I knew right away we needed to change the mindset. And so that's what I started putting on every bulletin, every piece of stationery, anything that went out from the church across the bottom said, with God, all things are possible. I wanted the people to begin to believe that we could make a difference in this community. And God has allowed us to do so. And We've had many great inroads built into the community, been able to reach a lot of people for Christ, been able to encourage all kinds of people, and just sort of have what I would call a positive presence, not one of condemnation, but one of encouragement and so forth. But Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. Another verse that's very similar, Philippians 4, 13, the apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And my friend, that strength comes from the power of prayer. Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So the key to getting answers to prayer is to walk with the Lord, let his word take root in our lives and to have our faith anchored in Christ and we'll begin to learn to ask according to his will. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the scripture says, Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We need to learn to be a thankful people. You know, have that attitude of gratitude. And of course, in Hebrews 4, the scripture says that we can come boldly to the very throne of grace to find strength and help in time of need. The scripture says in James chapter 4 and verse 8, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And of course, Jesus said, you know, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. He says, everyone who asks uh, finds and seeks finds. Everyone who asks gets the answers and everyone who knocks, the door is open to you. He goes on to say, you know, what parent if you ask for a fish, is going to give you a snake? Or what parent, if you ask for a slice of bread, is going to give you a rock? He goes on to say, if earthly parents know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give what you need? And so God is there. He's ready, willing, and able to listen to our prayers, to answer our prayers, and to meet our deepest needs. Now, again, that answer may come in giving you what you're asking for. It may come in not giving what you ask for because maybe God's got something different in mind and he'll show that to you. 
And but either way, sometimes it'll it'll just come in in the answer of wait. And during that waiting period, we learn things. It's a very teachable time, but God wants us to take our prayers to him. It helps us persevere in life. You know, Jesus said, Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. You know, if I've learned anything along this journey of faith, I've been pastoring now for many, many years, almost four decades. I've learned the importance of prayer, taking the needs to the Lord. And I like to read biographies of of great people of faith. And one of the things that I've discovered is oftentimes their theology may differ, but they have a common denominator, and that is they are people of prayer. You know, I think of years ago, George Whitfield and John Wesley, those two theologians were at opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, Whitfield was what we would call today a strong Calvinist. He believed very strongly in the sovereignty of God, that God had predetermined everything, uh, and yet he was a man of prayer. Almost, you know, I, I want to be careful here, but it, it was almost a Christian fatalism. Uh, but at the same time, he was a man of prayer. So a little bit of an interesting dichotomy there. But at the same time, John Wesley believed very strongly in the free will of humanity. So those two guys were at opposite ends of the spectrum theologically, but they could pray together because they were going to the same Lord and they were men of prayer. D.L. Moody and Charles Haddon Spurgeon, same thing. They were at opposite ends. In fact, Spurgeon, who, a great pastor in London, London Tabernacle, would not even allow Moody to preach in his church. Of course, Moody established the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, great man of God. But Moody would not preach without giving a public invitation for people to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And he learned that the hard way. When he had preached one time and he told him to go home and think about it, and that night was the night of the great Chicago fire, and Moody knew that some of the people that he preached to, he didn't know where they stood with the Lord. He should have given an invitation. Spurgeon didn't believe in a public invitation. He thought people should just go home and make their decision on their own. But the point is this. They were both great men of prayer. My friend, there is power in prayer, and that is a heritage worth having to embrace it be a person of prayer, to pass it on to your family and friends, and to keep your eyes focused on the Lord. And one of the things that is the result of the power of prayer is not only what God does for us, but in that process of prayer, what He does in us. And my friend, that makes all the difference in the world. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart and power for living. Amen.